This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of August 5th, 2018. This is the road to 2020. And this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. This week we have an AAF Combine recap for you. And we discuss the formation of a new committee. This is episode 27, the Reimagination Committee. Hey guys, how are you doing? Welcome to Reimagination Week. Jake, I know you're ready to do a lot of listening because I am too. Because Bryant was at Alliance of American Football Combine West today as of this recording of the show. So we're going to sit back and let him give us a recap to start things off. What do you say, Bryant? Uh, if you guys are ready, if you got some popcorn ready, I didn't know I was going to be under the gun like this so much. But uh, <laughs> I was there. I was live. Whittier uh, College, what, I believe. Whittier College, about 30 miles outside of Los Angeles. Uh, it's crack of dawn. It, was, it started about 6 in the morning. Uh, we were there about 6.15. Players got start, started getting let in about that time. Uh, they really didn't get started until about, I want to say, 7. And uh, how can I put this? Um, it wasn't open, at least not to me, not to any parents, public. It was all just kind of shut down. We posted some pictures on our um, excuse me, our Twitter. Uh, they ran through some drills, got a little pep talk, did a couple laps, and they went through their motions. Uh, while we were standing outside, it was just kind of, you know, some upset uh, family and friends wanting to see their their players and, and have them try out with something that could be, you know, a future career for some of these people. And and, and they didn't. The the uh, the AAF locked them out and did not the allow AAF, them to actually the, see. The, the AAF on their site, they had a media credential uh, form to fill out. Of course, we did. And uh, didn't hear back from them. All right, that's cool. We're an XFL show. We understand. But I don't know if did they did they advertise that this would be open to the public at all? Uh, I never never saw anything that said open or closed. Um, it could have been maybe it was somewhere suggested. I never saw you know either or. Uh, Why wouldn't it be? I really Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, and I can get to that too in, in a second. But the other thing too is I didn't see any media. There was no. Um, no, no noticeable media presence there. There was one camera guy who looked like he was filming uh, for his own, for the AAF themselves. Um, but, yeah, and then as far as not letting people in, it was a question that was on everybody's mind. I asked a few people there. They were questioning why they weren't allowed to go and see. You know, there was there was literally maybe at the most 40 people. I'll give, I'll give them the credit that there was 40 people out there that were not players, not coaches, just family, friends, or interested people like myself that wanted to go in and watch, and they didn't let them in. We, so, we stood on the outside of a fence. Well, Brian, that's what I was going to ask you because I'm looking at you know at our Twitter, at XFL Show, 
here. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if you were standing on the track or if you were peering through the bars on the outside, because the pictures make it appear, you know, at least this one makes it look like you were in there. But but you're yeah, saying so they, that, that apparently no media was allowed in whatsoever. Well, I'm not going to say no media. I didn't see any media and they didn't allow me. And uh, we were in for about two minutes, which is when I snapped that picture, uh, Jake. Uh, but then they quickly uh, mushed us out. Uh, there were some people who had made it all the way up to the stands, and we thought that they maybe get lucky and get to sit there and watch, but no, they were actually removed as well. Um, there was one father who was pretty upset trying to talk to somebody. Just He just wanted to get a glimpse of his boy just on the field playing, trying out one last you know desperate hope. And then it gets you kind of thinking about who the players at this combine actually are, you know, and who um, who the AAF and the XFL, for that matter, are really going to be made up of uh, coming – you know, this spring and 2020. I mean, to play devil's advocate here, this isn't, you know, this isn't junior high or even high school. Do parents really need to be in there? You know, this is, this is, you know, supposed to be maybe not the biggest of leagues, but a big league. Isn't this, you know, aren't we above participation trophies and, you know, uh, taking pictures of your, your son running through cones. It's called support, Jake. People are going to support their family members or or people are just interested in the league that are there. It's surprising that this wasn't open to the public, but uh, the, the AAF shut it down. If you want to see any of the pictures Bryant was able to snap while he was there, go to our Twitter page, at XFL Show. Also, Instagram, at XFL Show. Facebook, at XFL Show. Now, the Alliance of American Football League is holding more than one combine, and this one seems like it was... I guess poorly attended, even when you consider the amount of players. You said there was about 130 players total. Uh, yeah, at first I thought it was 130 total, but it looked like it was only defense in the AM, okay. and then offense was coming in the afternoon. So I didn't, I didn't stay too much longer. It started getting a lot of really hot, and really could not see anything. So we well, took we, off. Yeah, we know that the Atlanta Combine is sold out. They're not even taking any more player signups uh, for the West Coast out there in Whittier in Los Angeles. Uh, a little bit different story, but uh, people were there trying out for the Alliance of American Football, which is it's moving along, man. They're gonna, going to be filling out rosters very shortly. They kind of already are there. Players are signing with teams already Not that, you know, players that didn't even have to go to the combine that either got private workouts or were just hired, uh, you know, based off of reputation, I guess, because one big name we know that will be playing in the Alliance of American Football is Trent Richardson. Former Alabama running back, Cleveland Brown, Indianapolis Colt. He will be playing for the Birmingham franchise, which, again, goes to show you that the AAF is very smart. They're going to try to put butts in seats, butts that are into the region. You know, they're going to be really into whomever you saw playing in your town or around your area. So people in Birmingham, obviously, will have some interest in watching Trent Richardson run the ball for the AAF's Birmingham team uh, a big get i would say for the aaf in birmingham well i mean there's going to be people out there that say hey i remember that guy when you know he was playing for uh for the university of alabama and i yeah i think you're right that is that's a good get that's name recognition for the area that's uh you know facial recognition for the area even yeah it's, it's probably a good call it is, and some other other players are being signed as well. Uh, not no Trent Richardson esque names, but uh, Memphis. I saw they were hiring some you know SEC players, the people in that 
in that town might be familiar with former Tennessee Volunteers, former Kentucky Wildcats. So the rosters are filling out. The combines are underway. The combine on the West Coast, though, uh, apparently close to the public. A bummer. I wonder if the Atlanta one will be. We will not be going to that one, guys. But, Brian, thank you for your efforts. Did you learn anything you, you, about the AAF that you didn't already know? I think I learned a lot about football in general and what mistakes should not be made by the XFL. And apparently the AAF is already starting to make th- some of those same mistakes. <laughs> well, I know you're going to always take a negative slant no matter what when it comes to the well, AAF. Well, that's no, that's not fair. I, I give I'm them just, credit. No, I'm no, surprised you went credit. there and didn't throw up all over the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was on the field, I would be able to. But, um <laughs> uh, I'm not crapping on the AAF. I, I, I gave them a fair shot. I went out there. I was excited. I was trying to, you know, maybe meet somebody, look, you know, try to introduce myself. But really, they had no intent on making this anything other than about trying to find better players, which I get. I understand that. But what it's about it just seems like uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a pep rally. And, you know, it, we knew that going into it. He's right. Yeah, well, the, the, Jake, you're right. There's something to be said for that. This isn't a pep rally. This wasn't a bring your family and, and have them watch this you is also, play. This yeah. is about this making a team. The NFL. Yeah, it isn't the NFL, and it yeah. has to be different. And they're just they're treating it exactly the same way where they don't care about you know fans or players in general. They just care about themselves and how, making sure everything's working right. Then I think it, that's – that's the mistake they're going to start making. It would have behooved them to, you know, put on a friendly face and try to change the attitude of some people, Brian, like yourself, who, you know, may be a little down or a little suspicious of the league. And it sounds like they didn't accomplish this, at least with you. They didn't even try it. That's my problem. They did not. They did not advertise these like they were big events or anything and encourage fans to show up and they close it to the public. So, this wasn't about fans. This was about finding players for the league, and we understand they're taking it seriously, the AAF. I have a feeling the XFL might be a little bit different story. Let's go to another story this week pertaining to the XFL now. Shot down in Oaktown. The XFL will not be happening in Oakland, California. The Oakland, uh, the Coliseum there, uh, shared by the Raiders and the Oakland A's. The Raiders, of course, will be out of town soon, but the Oakland A's would be playing the same time as the XFL. And according to the executive director of the Stadium Authority, this being Scott McKibben, the XFL schedule conflicts with what's going down at the Coliseum already with the Oakland A's and opening day in 2020. There just isn't any way we are going to be, be an impediment or obstacle to the A's. So it's not happening, and uh, also the universe or Cal Berkeley also told the XFL now nah, you can't use our stadium either. So the XFL will not be going to Oakland. But also, what came out of this? Two little pieces of information from this this news this week in Oakland. Uh, one, the league apparently let Oakland know that they expect to announce a list of cities later this month. August 2018. So, I don't know. I'm 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 not going to hold my breath, guys, but we might know some XFL cities this month. Do you think this would just be like, you know, a list of cities that they've narrowed down for the finalists or do you think they're going to throw out a, you know, at least one conference uh, one firm? I'm hoping finalists. If you that'd be a great thing to do, let people know cities that are out there even even if they might not get them because if the city misses out 
that might draw interest and get people, you know, starting to call talk to their local official, officials and say, hey, bring the XFL here. We want it. So I think that's a good idea. Maybe a list of 16 finalists before you whittle it down to the to the final uh, eight. Do we know if the XFL is going to release that list out one at a time or are they going to do it all at once? Because, you know, Charlie Ebersol's dad says release only one thing at a time. So that way you keep people's interest <laughs> intact, you know. Oh, um, that's that could be the smart thing to do, but I know you're <laughs> that you're trying to take a knock at there. The end result, but that's a good strategy. Uh, I, I mean, if we get city, it seems like, and we'll go over it in a little bit, that the XFL has already changed their focus from uh, cities to play. Right? They're, they're they're looking at the focus of how they're going to play the game, which means they probably already have their cities down, or at least narrowed to a list of twelve, maybe, or something in that range, but. Uh, kind of similar to what the AAF did, except flip. The AAF narrowed down their game for the most part, and then their cities. Uh, we'll see what the XFL does. Yeah, the other piece of news also, uh, besides that, the cities might be announced later this month or something might be announced, uh, that the Raiders uh, might actually stay in Oakland through 2021, which just is a whole nother issue in, in the world of football, but a fascinating one because – Part of me still feels like they might not ever make it to Vegas. I don't know. It's I won't believe it till I see it. Uh, I, I, yeah, you're right. That that's a whole that's a whole other topic. Uh, it's a great story. I, I tell you that. However, it works out. But yeah, I mean, so you're saying, uh, you know, football or at least XFL football in o- Oakland is a no because of scheduling conflicts. You got to think that's going to happen in a lot of other markets as well well possibly but you're also talking about the oakland coliseum which i believe is now the last american city that actually hosts the mlb and the nfl in the same building so uh there's no more stadiums like that but there could be conflicts yeah if you wanted to play in a baseball uh, stadium or uh, an mls stadium that's where other conflicts could happen to college football stadium that maybe doesn't want to give up their their grounds like Cal, but um, yeah, that's where we heard the first no, but maybe a positive city announcement will be coming in the month of August here. We did get something from the XFL this week, though, some activity on their social media, which we used to make fun of and not see any, but now they're basically giving us something each week. I feel like they're doing a better job, and this was really good. We got some really, really awesome videos from the XFL on their Twitter account. And, and on their Facebook page, all their social media, at XFL 2020, they had a big meeting this week. And they formed a committee, and the committee is called the Reimagination Committee. And we're going to play the audio from one of those videos they sent out. Oliver Luck explaining what the entire thing's all about. The Reimagination Committee is a series of different groups of folks who really understand the game, understand technology, understand really all aspects of the game. And we're gathering with them over a period of a number of weeks to really have pretty in-depth discussions. We had a great group of folks uh, from a variety of different fields, and the conversations were fascinating, provocative, great input from across the board, from coaches, former players, and folks in the tech space, and in the educational space. So all in all, really a tremendous couple of days. 
goal of the reimagination community is to have a fast-paced game that's exciting with a lot of plays, which captivates an audience, but doesn't have all of those breaks and interruptions. Our group was representing that passionate football fan who loves the game, but also has some criticisms of the game. And ultimately, we tried to address those criticisms and begin the process of putting together the structure of what this reimagined game looks like. And that game will be the XFL beginning in 2020. The Reimagination Committee, guys. It happened this week in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was on July 23rd and 24th, so just over a week ago about, and this video was released and information released. You got to see them kind of around their boardroom. We got some screenshots also up on our Twitter page, at XFL Show, of what they might have been talking about. But the committee, let me tell you who formed the committee, guys. It was former NFL coaches Jim Caldwell, who coached the Lions and the Colts. John Fox, who coached the Panthers, who coached the Bears, who coached the Broncos. You had Doug Flutie, Heisman Trophy winner, CFL legend, USFL legend, and of course played for the Bills and the Chargers and the Patriots in the NFL. And then you also had, like Oliver Luck said, tech space people, uh, the founder actually of the yellow first down line. This man's name's Bill Squadron, a sports tech innovator, was there. And also concussion expert and also the head of uh, UNC Arts and Sciences there in Chapel Hill, Kevin Guskowitz. Was all, they were all involved with the reimagination committee, guys. I... Pretty impressive, all the individuals they had there. I want I want you to take a guess, though, Jake. Jim Caldwell, John Fox, what do they have in common? I know they're both NFL head coaches or former, but what what do they have in common while they were in the NFL? What did they do, each of them? Uh, whenever they were in the, in the NFL, I think they're both Super Bowl winning coaches. Is that correct? Super, close. Super Bowl losing oh, coaches. Oh, Super Bowl. Okay, so they appeared in a Super Bowl at least. Yeah, I don't believe Jim Caldwell won the Colts Super Bowl. That was Tony Dungy. So, um, yeah, and John Fox lost famously with Carolina. And I, I believe win he was with the Broncos. Did he win with Denver? Or was that, that was Gary else? Kubiak. So, oh. yeah, that's, uh, th- that's I think, what they have in common. And if I'm wrong, uh, shame on me, no, but I'm good. pretty sure I'm right on that. And, of course, Doug Flutie is, I mean, that's – I mean, the perfect kind of guy to have in that room, right? Yeah. He played not only in the NFL, but the CFL and the USFL. And if you actually look at some of the other videos where Oliver Luck breaks down each guy, uh, he says we wanted a quarterback who played in the CFL because they're, quote, very interested in some of the things the CFL does, guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I have a couple things that I've noticed from, from this video, if you guys don't mind me elaborating here a little bit. Go One, uh, I, thankfully, uh, Luck did not take the Heinz Ward approach and just do like a selfie Skype cam, sh- you know, for this video. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Another knock uh, on two. the AAF. I like it. <laughs> uh, two, I think the biggest one probably is, did you notice who wasn't there? At Vince the, McMahon. Um, I, I did Vince not McMahon. see him. And I think that kind of leads us to he is not involved in this process at all other than writing checks is my belief. Now, Brian, I heard rumors that Mr. McMahon was in another room and he was, you know, he was talking to Ollie Luck by way of an <laughs> earpiece. 
Is, is there <laughs> through monitors? Yeah, was I the only one that heard that? Or uh, I, I, I did not hear that rumor, Jake. Uh, okay, maybe yeah, maybe I better check my sources again. Uh, and the first question I want to ask: This was in Charlotte. Is it a sign? Um, I I don't know. I think that's an interesting uh, idea. There, there is there are rumblings. You know, the Panthers have a new owner and. They kind of want a new stadium. If they ever thought about leaving Carolina and going somewhere, you know, Charlotte might want to want pro football if they ever left. So that that makes sense, uh, Jake. When you bring that up, for sure. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe because of the guy who's in charge at UNC, maybe they made it convenient for that guy. We really we can only speculate. But um, we look. I look closely at the tapes. At these videos, I screenshotted, I paused, uh, I zoomed in, guys. I, I went full Zapruder film on this thing to see what kind of glimpse I could get. I could tell you, Jake, you'll be happy to hear um, they, the, the beverages that were provided were Pepsi products. I, I, know I did see that. Yeah, I know yeah. you're a big fan of that. I'm um, glad they're making the right decision earlier they on. Were, they were drinking out of Yeti, uh, Yeti mugs. Uh, I, I don't know if any alcohol were was uh was inside of those but but the uh good the cool things i saw on my on my investigation into these videos uh we screenshotted at xfl show on twitter um these are these are pretty interesting really because the whole reason why this committee was made was so that they could talk about some changes to the game of football and Apparently, the main focus is in this, at this meeting, because there's going to be multiple. Oliver Luck said different people will be brought in to form the committee. There'll be multiple people coming in, so they'll have more of these meetings. But at this meeting, he says that they were focused on the pace of the game, making it faster, less interruptions. And they were really focusing on how to innovate that aspect. And I looked at uh, their their boards because they showed little shots of their of – their, uh, their, chalkboards and their whiteboards in there guys and I, I screenshotted them so everybody could see them at xfl show and if you look at it right now it looks like on this whiteboard by, right by john fox's head they have it circled 20 to 25 second play clock i think we've talked about that before pretty good idea right yeah i think you know especially all luck he was talking about the speed of the game the pace of the game so that that's something that they do want to do i think that's you know that's an easy no-brainer and it's number one on their list 12 minute quarters is number two on that list what do you think of that brian uh you know if if you have a faster play clock you don't want to you don't want those scores to be 75 to you know 82 so it makes sense to shorten your game a little bit too to speed up the game uh, 12 minute quarters all right they're they're getting warmer they're getting warmer number three on this one if you look closely it says split screen slash no commercial break now jake you're familiar with this on uh the nfl did this last year on cbs often uh you see it every week if you're a fan of wrestling and watch smackdown uh, matches will continue on a little box in the top portion of the screen while commercial plays would you like to see that with the xfl does that do anything for you i don't under i don't i don't feel like that really is keeping people glued to the screen as much as they think well uh, again let me throw in another one especially since they were in charlotte nascar they've been doing this you know for for at least a year maybe even two right now i mean they say no commercial breaks so 
Does that mean whenever they do this picture-in-picture picture, that play is going to be happening in that little screen? I I can't see that that would be a good idea. And if if all you're going to see is the players standing around on the sidelines, then why go to the split screen at all? But, well, you know, the the NHL adopted something very similar this year, and it was on icings. Whenever the puck would go down for an icing – the, the 15 seconds that it would take to get that face off going again on the other side of the ice, they would throw up that split screen and throw a commercial that's, break. That, that's fine. That's cool. and, and like, the, like the NFL does it after kickoff, you know, they may do that. But, I mean, if you're going to go to a full two-minute commercial break or something, I, I say just blow it out on the whole screen. I mean, the only, the only commercials during a quarter in the XFL that should happen are – Whenever you are switching over to a kickoff after a score, other than that, a great way to do the, to to move this along and keep people glued is no commercials during play, like soccer, which is the best part about watching a soccer game. No interruptions by advertisers. If you go to that little screen, maybe like the, like an icing in hockey. 15 seconds. Hey, go eat this cheeseburger at your favorite place. Whatever. Buy these shoes. And we're right back to the game. Nothing that's going to say make someone get up out of their seat or turn the channel. I think that's the way to go. And it seems like they're on the right track with that. And I hope that they were pushing that real hard. But number four surprises me. I think I brought this up, but you guys shot it down. So you're probably on board with Oliver Luck in this gang. No running clock dash bad idea. <laughs> yeah, this, this was not circled on the board, and it's the only one with an exclamation point. So I, you know, it, they were they were just throwing anything out, really. But uh, yeah, I I think it's a bad idea as well. But th- but it's kind of weird that they're throwing all this in the board, and they have twelve minute quarters, and then no running clock at the bottom. I'm wondering. So so, Alan, when you're saying no running clock, you mean no no clock at all, just plays, right? Is that what you were going for? Oh, that was one. That was one of my really different ideas. But no, so that's I'm not what you're talking I, here. Yeah, when I'm talking running clock, you're talking about like a 15 minute quarter, and the the clock is not going to stop on an incomplete pass. The clock's not going to stop on an, someone running out of bounds. It's just going to run, and when the quarter's over, the quarter's over. That is going to keep. Uh, maybe stop it. Maybe during uh, switching over to a kickoff after a score. But probably not even then, and you would keep it very similar to soccer. I don't know if you'd use stoppage time, but they're not fans of that. I wonder what in this meeting went down where someone said, no, bad idea, and who brought it up? I, I have a feeling it was, it was the tech guy. The tech guy said, you guys, I watched the MLS, and they said, no. That's what I think happened. Well, it's odd because no running clock is in all caps, but bad idea is, you know, an uppercase and lowercase. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, either way, that's the – oh, you're right. Well, no, 12-minute quarters is not circled in there as well, Jake. So No, just just two question marks on that one. Don't Yeah, don't know uh, what th- those mean. We can only speculate, but the screenshots are there. And the last thing on this list, number five, I believe it says – Quarter breaks? No quarter breaks? Yes, yeah, I think it says no quarter breaks on there. And there there's, some more that's, there's some more that's scratched out. Uh, I, I mean, you know, quarter breaks in a standard NFL game are what? A two-minute commercial? I believe two, I, and I half, two and a half to no, three. They're, they're the longest breaks between – your two-minute warning is like two minutes. Your quarter breaks are probably closer to like four. 
I see. I, I don't. I don't think that's that's as big of a deal. And if you're not going to have quarter breaks, then just do two halves. I guess. You know, as long as they're not, you know, as long as they don't start getting into the, I'm cool with this whole no advertising. If they can figure out ways to make money otherwise, you know, in other ways, putting some advertisements on jerseys, on the referees, you know, having the announcers say something. But uh, if they start getting into like, hey, we need money. So let's say, the, you know, this guy catch down at the 10 yard line sponsored by Stridex or something like that, like that would be annoying. So they, I hope there's a balance here that's just says no commercials. We're just going to advertise everything in the game. Uh, so how you, far that has to go. You would take a couple more commercials if you didn't have to hear that, you know, fourth and goal was brought to you by Gold Bond. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine. I, th- I would be fine with in-game advertisements, uh, big flashes on the screen just while I'm watching the game or, uh, I don't know, the Gus Johnson, if they could get him to call the game, said, he's going to the five, the two, touchdown, and that one is brought to you by Stridex. Uh, that would be great. I'd be no. fine with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You, just, you would never hear a great sports call ever in uh, from the XFL of Dublin. Yeah, you come, that just gives a, the announcer a, a chance to be uh, more charismatic and make it their own. I don't. I mean, come on. Could you imagine Marv Albert? He shoots the ball. Yes, and that that three pointer is brought to you by Charmin. A silky smooth shot, Charmin. Smilky s- smooth on your bum, or something like that. I, don't I, know. I mean, a in, a, in, a, in a perfect world, there would be no commercials. There would also be no red lights. There would also be no bills. But guys, these, <laughs> player, these players got to get paid. I mean, it's the quality of the play. The cameraman got to get paid. The announcers got to get paid. The water boys got to get paid. The assistant coach has got to get paid. The, the concession stand workers got to get paid. There's going to have to be something here. Oh, well, we have more screenshots here, so there's more somethings to to break down. What could they possibly have been saying? Now, those weren't the only people on this committee. They did have former uh, another former player, I believe, on the committee. Um, and this youngster, I don't know who this guy is. He looks a little bit younger than all the other guys in the room. And he is uh, looks like he's pointing at a PowerPoint presentation, guys, in this XFL reimagination committee meeting. And the title of this page says Simplified Rules. It says seven total refs plus one New York video review official. Um, I'm down for that. That sounds that sounds fine. Although I, I, I don't see anywhere in the referee category anything about robots or ball technology that could uh, tell you whether or not something broke a plane or not. I, I would like to see that incorporated in my XFL, but uh, I don't know if we have the technology. We probably do, but it looks like they're going with the old school. I guess it's old school at this point. Video review guy in New York City. Yeah. Now, are we going to have the analyst for every game that's you know going to agree or disagree with the <laughs> The video guy, because that's that's a that's a very popular thing now in all sports. You know, it's ever since they started incorporating that into the broadcast, don't you feel like it makes understanding refereeing harder and put everybody's in less of an agreement uh, now that they have like ex officials on the broadcast saying, "Oh well, he they're going to call him down because the rule states that that that." You know, player was down there, and then the refs come out and say, it's a touchdown, the player was not down by contact. Like, who's right here? Who do we believe? The so-called expert in the booth or the guys calling the actual game? What's going on here? Who knows what's what? Video review official. I don't know. 
I'm not down for it. You know, you know me, guys. I'm anti-review. Yeah, that's that, but that's the that's the new era, right? We live in an era where review is what happens. And if they're going to have one centralized brain doing all the reviews, at least you stay consistent with those calls, so you don't have each individual referee making their own uh, decision or call based on what they can see. Um, I, I like the idea of having the central. How many refs are in an NFL game today? I, I was trying to count. It seems like it's seven. Is it more? It's about the same. I think I, I would say seven. You got the line judge right seems about seven yeah 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 maybe there's another one i don't know but that's that's fine i i think the less the referees yeah the less the referees are in the less referees are actually involved in the game in terms of of the importance of the outcome of the game the better uh so hopefully I'm glad they're just sticking to that one and letting it move on and moving on. You, you got your pack judge, you got your side judge, you got your field judge, you got your line judge, you got your headlinesman, you got your umpire, you got your referee, and in the XFL you got your guy or lady in New York City. Why New York City, Jake? Why not Charlotte or I don't know, San Antonio or wherever? Uh, maybe they're just looking for credibility. Uh I I don't know. Maybe it's just you know in proximity to Stanford. Although they are trying to you know keep them keep themselves away, distance themselves from uh, from world wrestling entertainment. We're, we're, and and now the call goes up to Boise, Idaho, to, for review. <laughs> it doesn't sound. I, I, I think I would trust uh, trust someone more from Boise than I would from New York City, though. <laughs> Unless this is like you know upper upper state New York. <laughs> Upper, I think they say upstate, Jake. I don't know upstate. about upper. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff on this page we're looking at in the screenshot here on their, uh, this uh, PowerPoint presentation, it says ambiguous rules and in quotation marks, what is a catch? Is he down? Did he get two feet in? Did he break the plane? All questions we ask ourselves every week when we watch football, guys. All questions I think are unavoidable to ask, but I think we could definitely up the percentage of the time these referees get those questions the right answers. Now, Brian, whenever you see the question here is, did he get two feet in? Do you think that you know they're only going to go with one foot possibly in this? No, I think that I think what he's saying is is how do you determine if two feet were in or not? I, I think two feet in is easier than. At least what we know from the NFL, that's the easiest one to get right on here. Yeah, I don't feel like they get that one wrong too often. The only time it's is if like a player has white cleats and and he and he's trying to you know on the sideline or whatever, and they intertwine. I feel like they got that one down pretty well. Um, is he down? I feel like is also one that is pretty. You know, the catch one is the one that makes me wonder. Um, that that's the one that's the key one here is what is a catch, what is not a catch. I'm not even going to try to get into how to explain that or what well, I would do. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing, you know, you go to an NFL replay, and you know, we may think they're looking for, or, or the referees may even say, well, you know, we're going to go under the hood and see how many if he had both feet, uh, both feet done, and then they're under the hood and they might see well. Is he actually down? Did he break the plane? Is it a catch? And then they just open up all this other stuff whenever they were looking for just one thing. 
It's yeah, well, the that's, hardest that's question. Yeah. It's the hardest question to answer, I think, of all those. What is a catch? Nobody knows. Everybody has a different definition well, of we it. We used to know what a catch was, at least. Well, I think the problem – here's the biggest problem with some of these rules is that if it's a catch and you don't know if it's a catch, you call it you, – you say it's no catch, the play dies. What if it was a catch? Then he could have ran for a touchdown, right? Is he down? What if you say he was down and he wasn't down? He runs for a touchdown. Like these rules, um, they're not o- also just about, hey, how can we tell the difference between when he's down and when he's not? But how do we determine – how do I explain this? How do we determine if – uh, if the referee lets it go, is that the call or is he just saying, hey, we're going to review this, but I'm going to let this play go just in case something happens? Yeah, and this is them figuring out how do we define what is the XFL's definition of an answer to these questions. That and their stance. Exactly. You're going to have to have your own definition for this because it's really, as it says, ambiguous. This could be different from how the NFL words their their rules and how can you do it so that it's maybe clearer or different and less upsetting to the football fan than the NFL's definition or college football's definition? This is easily the most difficult portion of, uh, for, of the, this committee uh, to get to figure out. The most difficult task is: are those ambiguous rules? And those aren't even the only ambiguous rules. This is probably just what they went over here this week in in this committee meeting. They have a lot more to get to, and all I have to say is uh, good luck, Oliver Luck, and also uh, good thing you got uh, just over a year and a half to to figure it all out because this is a uh, something that you're, people are going to be debating forever and ever. Uh, maybe until we have technology that can assist us in this regard, because this is all kind of based on human interpretation at this point, especially what is a catch. I don't know. Alan, do you think if it was possible, those, uh, what was the name of like that Honda robot, like Osimo or whatever, if you could get a robot Watson? official, no, I, th- I think, no, this was like a robot that actually walked. <laughs> If it was possible to get Johnny robot number five, I don't know. Sorry. To, Go if ahead. it was possible to get robot officials, would you want them? Yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If we could blame it all on the technology, that's fine. That's That's blame it on human error and interpreting and the whims and, and the, and the, the glancing of, of just a split second that one human being might've taken that, you know, solidifies their stance on what the call should be or maybe how they're influenced looking in the review booth and the pressure of the game and thinking about everything that all the implications being the judge if you could take that out of a person's hands then completely then do it that's why I'm anti video review because if we're going to put human error into the game I want full on human error live and die with it but then when you throw the reviews in that's when you get arguments. That's when you get extra pissed off because you could say, what are you looking at? We all saw the review. Oh, but that's how the rules defined. I was just interpreting and and ruling based on how the rule is worded. Well, that is BS. Nobody wants that. So I'm all for robots. I definitely think baseball should incorporate them into strike zones. Well, you know, whatever they decide to do, thank God they have themselves two years before they figure this out and not just giving themselves one. Yeah, well, the two years is quickly, quickly uh, 
coming up here, Bryant. Uh, you had another screenshot. I I haven't seen that. Did you? No, nope, you, you had it actually. It? This was it. I'm sorry, okay. you had it already. I did not see it on your side. All right. Well, if all you uh, XFL fans and football fans listening, if you want to see these screenshots, they're up on our Twitter page at XFL Show. Uh, the videos are really cool too. The XFL's official Twitter has those. Go check those out. Oliver Luck hanging out with John Fox and Jim Caldwell. What are you laughing about? Uh, Jake's uh, Honda robot that he sent us. Oh, he said Asimo. I think it's Asimo, but I, I, would, be the, I would be the least one to this out too. anybody on, uh, on pronunciation on this program. Now, does the green, white, red mean like his country affiliation? So he could not judge like a, a I, Mexican soccer game or Italian soccer game, something like I, that. I don't know. <laughs> I think all you would use the, those robots for would be placing the ball where they, it needs to go. You Ooh, need it takes so long. We need, <laughs> we need a smart field is what we need, a field that could feel the game and know if a player's feet was were down or uh, This inbounds. field sponsored by Nest. Yes, that's what we need, the future. Alexa, maybe, hike the ball. Maybe we need to get Elon Musk on that. He does. He needs to quit messing around in space and get involved with football there, Elon Musk. Um, guys, this was a really active, fun week and a lot of stuff to, to digest this committee. Who do you want to see on the next reimagination committee, Jake? Oh, on the next committee? I, I'd like to bring in Tommy Maddox, actually. Bring somebody that played in the XFL before. Absolutely. Great idea. And remember, that Tommy Maddox episode of ours is coming pretty soon. We're going to have to get to that sooner or later, Jake. Yeah, it may be later than soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing the sooner the better. But, Bryant, who do you want to see on that committee? Because they said there's going to be different people throughout the coming weeks and months on these reimagination committees. Ooh, that is that's a great question. Bill Belichick is he free? Get, Can you do anything? Get out of here! First of all, anywhere near that league. We don't want Bill Belichick anywhere near our league. Damn it! And also, good thing he's busy. He's uh, freshening up. He's probably using robots to figure out other teams' playbooks right now. Uh, I don't know how Rex Ryan's not a part of this yet, but I'm sure he will be. Um, we'll find out. I want. I'm sure they're going to get some. Uh, loud personality in there to see what they how they uh could get involved and and make this thing the biggest the biggest and best it can be for all the football fans as they reimagine our favorite sport but i will say this these reimagination committees they've got all these fancy uh people in there you know great great resumes and tech specialists and concussion specialists but when it comes down to it the reimagination committee is all of us being heard on on, our, on the podcast, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So let them know your ideas. Keep them coming. I read those comments. Sometimes a lot of the same stuff, but I'll, so every now and then, Jake, you see someone with something that makes you think and say, damn it, I hope they're talking about that. Yeah, and sometimes it's just, it seems a little too crazy, a little too far out there, but you wonder, it might just work. So keep those coming because remember, this is the XFL show for Jake, for Bryant. I'm Alan, and they're listening. We'll see you next week.